Hi, this is the Debbie Doodle Doo podcast, and I'm Debbie. And uh, how are you? This is the first podcast that I'll be doing, and uh, I hope to be doing these quite regularly. At least I promised my friend I would, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I guess you're wondering why anyone would want to listen to some woman talk about her life for however long this podcast is going to go on, and that's a valid question, and I really don't have a good answer for you other than I spoke with a friend who said that I had an interesting life, to which I replied, my life is super boring, I don't know what you're talking about, and we got into a little bit of an argument, and it resulted in me conceding and having this podcast. So, here I am. And when I say my life is boring, I really don't mean it's... I just don't go out a lot anymore. I'm 37. And I went out a lot when I was younger. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. And I did the whole, you know, city thing. I work in Philadelphia, so I'm constantly over there. And I did, I did that whole thing. And I'm done. I'm, I'm not interested in, in doing that. Every time I go out, I feel like I'm, I feel, I, not that I feel like I'm old, I just feel like I've done this before with a different set of people. And I'm sure that every generation feels that way. And I just can't take, I, I can't take competing with the kids. I really don't care. I think they're idiots, most of them. And I'm sure that's, again, how most people thought of us. So... That's why I think my life is boring, because I rarely go out. And, you know, to be honest, I like it in my sleep. (laughs) Sad. Sad, sad, sad life. So, a little bit about me. I'm, again, 37. I am single. I'm a runner. I just completed my second half marathon. I haven't done a full marathon yet, but I plan to do one next year, November of next year. So, But I did my second half marathon, and I was very, very proud of myself. I did much better than I thought I was going to, and much better than my first half marathon. And, um, yeah, I, I basically do um let's see I run four days a week sometimes five depending on life and uh I crochet which also probably makes me super boring um I do uh I'm cleaning my desk as we speak. I'm very sorry if I was just distracted. But I just found coupons from May. 
Why I am keeping a stack of coupons from May is beyond me, but this is why I probably needed to clean my desk. So, 35, 37, oh, I just, <laughs> I just, uh, made myself two years younger. Um, 37, I like to run, well, I didn't like to run, but I've become a runner in my, in the past year. Um, I have four cats. I know that you're going to judge me. You're going to say she's a crazy cat lady. And it wouldn't be too far off. I am definitely a cat lady. But I also like dogs. I live in a one-bedroom apartment. And I really can't have that many dogs. I couldn't have a dog. I think that would be cool. So it's just me and four cats. And I'm not allowed to have any more cats. Even though I just rescued one the other day. I gave it to my neighbor and by giving I mean I called them up and said why don't you take this cat that I, I found in the parking lot after I ran and it was hungry and she did I have powers of persuasion sort of so let's see running since um, that's my main focus in life right now, talk about that, there's one thing I don't understand, and maybe somebody could tell me in the comments why everyone is fascinated with, um, or why all the signs in the, in the, um, at the marathon, we're about pooping your pants. Do runners poop your, are their pants a lot? Like, I don't understand what the deal is. Like, and, and I'm being dead serious. Like, I would, I, I'm not kidding around. There were so many signs that were like, don't poop your pants, or have you pooped your pants yet, or are the flies following you around? And I don't get it, because I've never really felt the need to poop while I'm running. Running has never caused me to poop. I mean, maybe like a half hour after I stop running, I might feel like I gotta go, but I'm really not, I don't know, I, I don't get it. So if anybody could tell me that, I don't think it's really a question I can send to runner's world and be like, what's the fascination with running and pooping? But it would be nice if someone could maybe tell me so that I can understand what the hell's going on because I was perplexed the whole entire run because when I say there were like a gazillion signs and that's I mean and I'm talking about I counted a gazillion even though that's not even an option in math there were a gazillion so yeah um I run, I crochet, I, I'm making all of my Christmas gifts from, for, uh, for everybody, and I only have four scarves and three sets of slippers to go. So, if I could get any more boring in that sentence, then shoot me. Um, I guess you noticed that I have two pictures of a car covered in poop on the homepage of this podcast.
If you're getting this podcast from iTunes, then you need to go to debbiedoodledoo.podbean.com and check out the two pictures of what I'm assuming is goose poop. And not that I'm some expert on poop, but it's the only bird I know that shits that big. And I'm assuming that it was shit on from the air. Because I don't think geese can, like, hop up on your car. I could be wrong. Listen, I, I don't know everything, but... Although, what I find fascinating about the poop car is that... Well, I find several things fascinating. But one of them I find fascinating is... Obviously, the geese pooped on this thing from the air. So, I'm thinking, how do they have such amazing ship precision? Because I can't imagine, like, what I'm picturing, and I'm sorry I'm picturing this. I'm really, really sorry to my brain, to the education that my parents paid for, I'm, I'm sorry, but what I picture is like, you know how like 50 geese are flying in the air and like just say 20 of them have to shit. And so they're flying and they decide to like shit on the fly. (laughs) And the odds of all of them shitting on the same car are really, really low, don't you think? So, my question is this. Where was this car parked? Was it parked somewhere where geese are known to just, like, maybe fly a little bit and just shit? Or is this, like, some sort of odds-defying anomaly where said flying geese all took a shit and it all landed on this car. And then my other, the other mystery that I, I still am wrapping my head around is what person leaves their house and sees that their car is completely covered in goose shit and decides um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drive my car to work. I mean, wouldn't you just at least try to, like, hose it off, like, make an attempt? Because there was no attempt. I mean, I would go through the drive through or the drive through the, the car wash. I would do something. I mean, that shit was on there. Like, that was a couple days sitting there, because some of it was real dried. Not that I like got a magnifying glass and was inspecting shit, but it was definitely on there for a while. And those pictures don't even come close to expressing how much shit was on that car. I only took two pictures because an old man was walking by looking at me as if to say, Hey girl, you're taking a picture of a shit cover car and I know that the older generation doesn't really understand 
the need to document, but if they had the means back in the day, they certainly would. I mean, yeah, they would, because, I mean, when the camera was first invented, I mean, they, they took a lot of pictures of dead Civil War soldiers, which I think is fucking morbid. Nobody took pictures of shit, so, although the Civil War is a lot more interesting than than shit. But anyway, so, I, I was just curious, I'm wondering if the person worked at the PetSmart that I went to, uh, it was parked in the back. I always park in the back because I can't stand getting out of parking spots in the near the store because I feel like everyone's competing for my spot and I got to hurry up and there are people waiting and I just feel very, very pressured. Like, like, Oh my God, I got to get out of my parking spot. But in the back, nobody gives a shit. Cause you know, most of the world is so lazy. They don't want to walk 50 feet to the store so, I can take all the time I want. But, yeah, like, there was a lot of shit on that car. And I had to stop and take a picture of it because I've never in my life seen a car with that much shit on it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> speaking of shit, has anyone seen the Brad Pitt commercial for Chanel number no. 5? I know that this is something that comedians have been talking about. I think it, I think Chelsea lately said something about it and whatever. I get sick to my stomach when I see that commercial. Because I just think, is this what happens when you have, I don't even know how this guy has, but is that what happens to you? Like you get that lame? Because remember when Brad Pitt was this shit all over a car? Um... But no, like, I don't know, like, I always felt that Brad Pitt was, like, above that stupid stuff. Like, the commercial is so silly and so pompous. Like, first of all, I hate perfume commercials anyway. Like, that's Charlize Theron commercial where she's, like, strutting into that god-awful fucking song and then she's kissing Grace Kelly and, like... What's that? J'adore? Oh, yeah, because she says it like, J'adore. Ivor, J'adore, whatever the fuck she says. But, um, like, as if me putting in on J'adore is going to make me a runway model and that kind of music in the background. Like, why don't you tell me what it smells like? Because it probably smells like a model's ass or something. I have no idea. Like, it smells like Charlize Theron. What does she smell like? I'm sure she smells like fucking rainbows and fairies, but whatever. I can't believe that commercial. You know, I keep seeing it, and I'm just like, Brad Pitt, like, what happened? I mean, is this the man that Angelina Jolie is fucking? Like, she doesn't seem like the type that would be like, that's the man I'm fucking. Like, that would be the type of man she would break up with. Like, I don't understand it. So, if anybody could help a girl out and let me know what's going through his head. Did he do an interview? I'm too lazy to do this kind of stuff for myself. So, you know, somebody could look up if he did an interview on why he was, you know, so ridiculous and had to do that commercial. And what's happening with his hair? Like, that's very upsetting, too. 
very, very upsetting. He just, he, he's letting me down. He's just letting me down. So speaking of um, a lot of kids, has anyone, um, has anyone been in contact with someone that has more than seven kids? Well, I recently just met someone who has nine kids, and they're broken. They are a broken spirit because they are not rich people. They don't believe in birth control, which I didn't know that that was something that wasn't proven. I don't understand when people say they don't believe in things that are just fucking facts. Like, you just don't want to use it. Don't say you don't believe in it. I mean, it's not like the fucking boogeyman. Birth control is. There is it, it's something you can actually touch. You can purchase. You can take orally. Or you can stick up your vagina. Or you can put on your penis. It is a thing. It's not an abstract idea that one has to believe in. Anyway. So, you know, I, I think... Alright, well... Maybe, maybe they just like kids until I get the, we don't believe in birth control. And so I stick my foot in it and I'm like, why don't you believe in birth control? And they were like, well, if God wanted us to have this many children, then this is what he gave us. And I was like, well, if God, you know, didn't want you to control that, he wouldn't have given us birth control. And that went over real well. So I don't think that I made friends or fans, but what I don't understand is why would you put yourself in that kind of um, financial situation? Because they're so poor. And he is a working man. She doesn't work, obviously, because... She's been pregnant for the past nine years, but um, he works. He has insurance. You know, it's not, you know, he has benefits. He has a 401k. He's working so hard. They're so poor. And I don't understand why you would put yourself in that situation or why you would think God would want you to be in that situation if there was a God who is controlling everything. And I guess maybe you'd say, oh, he's challenging us. But is he? Or is he just sad that you're making that choice? Like, I, I don't know. I, it just amazes me that people will put themselves in that type of situation for, you know, oh, this is my belief. And... But you're destroying your life. Like, what kind of life are you going to give your kids if you can't even, you're, you're struggling to put food on the table? So I met those people, and I, um, I wasn't a hit. And um, we also got into an argument because they did the big, you know, Jesus loves you, and remember, he's the reason for the season. And that gets to me in a way that you don't even know because it's retarded. 
Jesus is not the reason for the season, people. Okay? If we want to get to, I mean, if we want to get down, we can talk about the real reason for the season being fucking pagans and, you know, indigenous people having celebrations, you know, for winter solstice. And that's why we have this celebration and how the Christians didn't really want to disrupt the pagan ceremonies. So they just incorporated Christmas at the same time of the year as the winter solstice. And Jesus was said to be born in April or something. So he's not the reason for the season. Fucking pagans were probably, you know, cannibal blood drinking, you know, animal fucking <laughs> pagans. I don't know. But pagans, I mean... That's why we have Christmas trees, because the Germans, you know, they used to bring in the holly and the pine trees in from the cold or from the cold to celebrate nature. And it was the end of the harvest season. It was the time when it was sort of like the death of the earth is what some people believed in. And some people believed it was the death of the God and that he would be reborn again in the spring. And that's when the crops would be fertilized. So that's the reason for the season, fucktards, not Jesus. I mean, I respect you if you're Christian or anything, but just shut up about shit like that because it gets on my nerves. So, speaking of religious people that get on my nerves, have anyone ever come across the black Israelites? And I don't want any kind of death threats or any black Israelites showing up on my doorstep with their crazy Genghis Khan soldier outfits ready to kill me, but what the fuck's up with them? I don't understand how people get sucked into religions like this. Not that at some point maybe the Romans saw Christianity as crazy like this, but I'm talking about like sex of Christianity or any religion that is so fucking crazy that it makes no sense to the rational mind. And maybe the people aren't rational that, that get sucked into this stuff. But I'm talking about four grown-ass men in what I consider to be Genghis Khan soldier outfits. And the reason why I say that is because on that Discovery Channel miniseries, not Discovery Channel, the History Channel miniseries, that who we are or who are we or whatever it is. Um, they just recently showed the episode about Genghis Khan and that's what they were wearing. They were wearing the same goddamn weird leather pleated outfit it looked like. But there are four grown-ass men in these fritty patootie outfits on a stage. I mean, these people brought a motherfucking stage and stood on the corner of 16th and Chestnut and 
were hollering. And they had a microphone and a speaker too. And there were people saying, amen, I hear that, I know you're right. And I'm like, what kind of, like, people aren't saying, hey, crazy people, get off the fucking stage and go do something productive? But no, they're, they're in it. They are drinking the Kool-Aid, I guess is appropriate to say. I don't understand it. I don't understand how people can get so sucked into these charismatic, and I guess they're charismatic. I don't think they are. I think they're nuts, but I just don't. I And I, and I find it fascinating, I guess. I, I really do. Like, I just find it so fucking fascinating that somebody would stop and listen to these people and take heed and what they're saying seriously while they're dressed in Genghis Kong outfits. And speaking of that, who are we? So they have that, that you know, sweet piece of ass Brian Williams who is commentating on that, which I enjoy his moment. But has anyone seen the over-enthusiastic... Marine, weapons, expert, special ops, crazy guy who gets, like, a boner when he starts talking about a bow and arrow. This guy is freaking me out. He just gets way too excited. I mean, get excited over, like, cool shit, but he gets excited over, like, I don't know, like, hand-to-hand combat. But when I say, like, overexcited, I mean, like, he's got a boner. This guy's just, like, my worst nightmare of a Marine, I guess, maybe. Like, he is the stereotype. I'm pretty sure he says hoorah when he reaches climax or whatever. But, yeah, he just... I feel like I need a shot of whiskey every time he talks because I'm just like, all right, enough. And then they have Brian Williams and I'm like, hey, baby, how you doing? Oh, Brian Williams and that lovely way that he talks and this fine silver fox hair, which by the way, have any, has anyone seen the soup and the segment that they do that rare with Brian Williams, funniest fucking thing I've seen in forever. Really, it is. Um, and I watch a lot of TV, so I should know. Or not. Or maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, that show also disturbs me in that I find it sad that we can't talk about history without having to put rock and roll and bad techno in the stop action scene or the, you know, the, what is it called? The, I don't know. It's like the action scenes that look like they're from like the movie 300. And it just saddens me that that's where we are today where people can't have enough Like, you can't get enough interest in something unless you you make it so incredibly 
busy and loud and ridiculous that, you know, they think they're watching the movie 300 when they're actually learning something. I can understand not making it like the documentaries in the old days where you would fall asleep in school. But I mean, the music is a little distracting from the history lesson. So note to history channel. Can we try to make it like a nice, you know, medium? I mean, their documentary about hillbillies, for instance, was very, very well done. Very fascinating. They got Billy Ray Cyrus. I don't know if he's really, you know, relevant outside the realm of rednecks, but maybe he is. Who knows? But it was extremely interesting and not boring in the old school documentary way. And I don't understand why they had to take that up 50 notches and now make some sort of embarrassing rock and roll documentary about you know the plague very very distracting and sad and yet I'm still watching it because I really love history and you know speaking of history like is anyone sad that I feel like or no let me rephrase that because I'm pretty sure no one is sad about what I feel but I'm sad that I, I think that this span of history is going to be known as the redneck years. I don't know. Like, I feel like stupidity and grossness is so celebrated in our culture that it's become embarrassing, and I feel like in 30 years, we're going to be looking back at a documentary on this time, and it's going to be like Whiskey Tango era, or, you know, hey, you look like a redneck whore, let's give you a reality show, or, you know, oh, your family eats roadkill, that's okay. I don't know. I'm just appalled by things on TV and the people I see and how being uneducated and speaking poor English is celebrated. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And like that woman who is, I have never seen honey boo boo child or is, is that what it's called? Honey boo boo is child in it. I can't remember. I've never seen an episode. I've only seen what I, what they've shown on the soup and the one segment where the mom was putting like three pounds of sugar in already sweetened lemonade made me physically sick. And I just think this woman is on TV killing her kid. That is killing your kid. And everybody is celebrating this and, oh, it's hilarious and blah, blah, blah. And I just keep thinking, you're killing your kid. On national TV, you think it's okay, and no one's saying, like, is anyone talking to this woman and saying, you're killing your kid, and would she care? And I think that's the saddest part, is would she care? Because she obviously doesn't care about the fact that she's killing herself. I mean, that woman, I mean, I'm not... I'm not the most beautiful person in the world, but I mean, have a little bit of self-respect. 
and she just looks like she just gave up and I want to hug her and I want to talk to her about the dangers of sugar because I don't eat sugar I had well I don't eat any processed sugar or I don't add any sugar to my food um, I did this about a year two years ago almost in March and my life is so much better for it now every time I have sugar I go into some sort of sugar shock and I'm sick for a couple of days like Friday I had a cupcake and was down for two whole days but I don't know I don't know if she knows that how bad sugar is or maybe she does I don't know but this I mean even this putting people on like they, they have their own reality shows I mean I'm not talking about Jersey Shore because that's a whole other realm. I mean, but yeah, it is in that category of like, it is, I mean, they are like trash. It's just trashy, not responsible. I guess responsible people are really boring. I don't know. Maybe this whole podcast is really boring because I'm not a redneck, nor am I some South Jersey Italian. Although I am from South Jersey. I am... Yeah, I am a Jersey girl. I am from Dirty Jersey, however you want to say it. I am related to a lot of uh, white trash, whiskey tango, crazy people. Um, oh, yeah. And I see a lot of people who look like they should be at the Jersey Shore. For instance, I saw a woman the other day who was dressed in skin-tight cheetah jeans, which she got at Target because I saw them at Target, believe it or not. So I do know where people get this shit. She had on these jeans, and she had on a black tank top it was 30 degrees outside and she had on stripper shoes that I don't know I think they get them at Charlotte is it Charlotte Ruth's is that the store in the mall because they seem to have those types of shoes and her toenails were really long kind of sticking out of the shoes she had really long nails and she had more makeup on than I wear in a week and she was just walking around the Target and um yeah, that's New Jersey for you, but I'm pretty sure you could find people like that everywhere. But she had an Italian flair to her, you know. She had the dyed black hair and the fake tan and the whole nine. So I definitely have a slice of New Jersey or Jersey Shore or whatever, wherever I go. But luckily no one in my family is Jersey Shore-ish. But I mean... We we have some some flavorful people. I mean, I'm just talking about my one sister is enough to make you shake your head and contemplate killing her. But that will be a subject for the next show. So I hope to see you or, well, um... I won't see you, I guess, so I hope that you come back for the next show, which will probably be in a couple days or when I have something to talk about, and I'm really glad if you stuck with me through the whole 
podcast. I'm really, really thankful that you did, and I hope you stick with me because I guess I have some funny shit to say. I'm not really sure. Um, and I invite you to write comments. If you're going to be critical, please be kind. If you want to be a douchebag, then I'm going to be a douchebag right back to you. I am not going to take it with class because I am too old for that shit. So, anyway, have a great Monday night, and I guess I will talk to you soon. Bye.